Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Well, this horse would make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up when he was racing a ride high. We've spoken about him plenty of times. He's by Art Major. He's had 18 starts for 16 wins. However, he pulled up with an injury uh, after his last start. I think that was about October of last year. Yes, it was at Melton when he went out the really short price favourite. And joining us is his principal owner in Peter Gleeson. Good morning, Peter. Good morning to you, Steve. What was the injury after that Melton run last October? Well, it was... Uh... Between the uh, suspensory and the sesamoid, it wasn't something you can deal with except spell the horse and let him get over it, keep him in a confined area for about a month and and then in a little bit bigger area for about another month and then let him out in the bigger paddock then for a couple of months. And so he didn't come back to my place after the October three race last year, Clayton. Tonkin kept him at his place and he just kept uh, walking him in the walking machine and kept him in a box. And uh, the vet kept scanning him on a regular basis and uh, this went on for a long time and the rehabilitation, Clayton and Emma put in a water walker and uh, a couple of treadmills so the vet suggested that was his main preparation when he started to step up his work and anyway he um he was coming along very well and uh the vet oh maybe two months ago by now scanned his leg one day and he said oh you must have given me the wrong horse he said i can't find anything wrong with this horse and uh Anyway, Clayton got all excited and uh, he, he was doing fast work and uh, he was getting close to going to the trials and he was allegedly going to be at the trials about two weeks ago. And uh, that didn't happen and he hasn't been to the trials this week. And uh, oh, someone who saw the horse at the stables there a week and a half ago suggested to me that he didn't think he'd be at the trials because he thought he was still too gross in condition. And the horses started serving me. Uh, Yabby Dam's farm, big farm on the other side of the road to uh, the stables where Ride High is. They take him over there three times a week and collect his semen and distribute to to uh, mare owners or wherever mm-hmm. the mares are based. And um, so he, he's actually working and uh, and being collected three days a week as well. Mm. How much does that but, cost for that, Pete? Oh, if well, I had a mare, if you had a mare, the service fee is four and a half thousand plus GST, so four nine fifty. But if you uh, have more than one mare, or if you're an Alabar uh, client and you have other mares going to Alabar Stallions, they usually give you 20% off. So I don't know how many people will be paying four nine fifty, but there'll be plenty of them that'll be getting their 20% discount. Some of your own mares been to him, right high? Well, I haven't got any that I can serve with him because they're all related to him. Oh, okay. Uh, 
I've got six mares that I own on my own, and I've got a half share and six others, but they're Larrakee ladies about what uh, all the magic celebrity. Uh, Larrakee lady is the third dam of Ride High, and all of my mares are descendants of Larrakee lady, so I wouldn't allow him to serve my mares, but Clayton Tongan's got five mares and he wants me to go halves with him in those five, so that's what I'm doing. And uh, I'm serving uh, ten mares of my own this year, so I'll have way more foals than I really want. But, um, you know, I guess I'm a gambler and uh, I like breeding horses, Mm. so... Uh, as long as it's being successful and it's, you're not losing money, you keep doing these silly things. So uh, he, this is last season. He's uh, he's on lease to Clayton and myself. I own him with Alan Galloway now at Alabar. I sold him a half share. And uh, last year, uh, in early August, and... He, if he does get back to the races, he will race, we can race up until the end of August next year, but um, the risk factor is enormous that he could break down because he's so heavy and he goes so fast. So the fact that he's already broken down with the same problem in each front leg, 18 months apart, uh, I fear the worst idea. I'd be surprised if we see him again. That's my view. What a bugger. Yeah. But um, he's got a new career now, and he probably prefers that one, I would imagine. Yeah, I would. So, uh, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I think most blokes would say that. Um, But anyway, he... um, He's uh, such a great pacer, great action an enormous amount of speed and stamina and a terrific pedigree. So he's, uh, we can't complain. He's not, if he doesn't make it, it's not his fault. Probably it'll be just the way life is, but you'd be very surprised if he didn't leave good horses. Mm. Who do you believe is the best horse? You know, I know you follow the form very, very closely. Is King of Swing the measuring stick in the country at the moment? We we talk about the Perth Star a bit, Magnificent Storm and obviously Amazing Dream and so on. Who do you believe is the best standard bred in the country at the moment, Pete? Well, uh, if they were all racing, I'd say Ride High and Lock and Bar Art would be the best two. Um, King of Swing... I think has uh, been a bit fortunate up there. He's, uh, I know he came down in, he won those two races in Melbourne, group one races in Melbourne, but uh, he had, that was his best opportunity to be able to do that because um, uh, things favoured him at the time. But uh, if Lock and Var Art and ride high or about, I don't think he'd have won mm. those races. Okay. And um, the horses in Western Australia, you've got to be very careful with Western Australian form. Uh, we've got two horses over there running in free-for-alls at the moment called Perfect Major, and that's perfect. They're full brothers. And they've gone to Western Australia 
they were trained uh, with Ride High before they went to Western Australia. And Fair Dinkum Ride High would have beaten by 100 metres. Well, Perfect Majors already beaten uh, Chicago Bull in a free-for-all. And um, they're running in free-for-all tomorrow night. There's only six runners. And who knows, one of them might win with a bit of luck. And uh, there's horses there better than them, uh, two or three better than them. They're not running around the moment. Shockwave's a pretty good horse. And he's out injured at the moment. And uh, Magnificent Storm, as you said, and there's another one. I just can't say its name at the minute. That goes pretty good. Yeah, Leverage Joe or something else? No, no, not Leverage Joe. I think he's out injured. Yeah, he is. But he, he was only a three-year-old. Uh, he's only just turned four right now. He's uh, a pretty good horse too, by the way. But the problem is over there, I think you'll find... Minstrel? Was that the horse? Minstrel's the other one, yeah. Mm. I think what you'll find is uh, the best horse in Western Australia might be competitive over here, but the competition is a lot weaker. Over, there's not as much depth in the fields as what there is over on the eastern states. So it'd be nice if they came here. That's good. It'd be good if they could. Uh, but they've got some huge money races coming up, you know, after around New Year. Uh, the Fremantle Cup and the um, Western Australia Cup are worth a lot of money. And that's, you know, when we've got the Hunter Cup the first week in February, the Victoria Cup's on next weekend. It's been shifted to Bendigo, not at Melton. It's a $300,000 race. King of Swings allegedly coming here for it. And uh, because of the COVID situation, Luke McCarthy's going to get David Moran, who drives Lock and Var, trains Lock and Var. He's going to drive King of Swing. And King of Swing will be the best horse in the race, I believe. Mm. But it'll be a random barrier draw, and it depends where they draw and how much work he's got to do during the run as to whether he'll win or not. Yeah. And and he hasn't been racing since uh, Queensland. He had no he luck very, in Queensland, though, Pete, did he? He went, he went mm. very good in Queensland. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, you're probably right. Right now, he's probably... If he brought his Queensland form here, uh, there won't be any Kiwis making a quick trip over, I don't believe, because... I'm not sure whether they uh, uh, can actually get into the state without spending two weeks in quarantine, the, the people. The horses can come here, but I don't know about the people mm. wanting to spend two weeks in quarantine. Can't go near their horses. So, I, And the New Zealand Cup's the second week in November every year, so you'd be surprised if uh, anything came here. But... Um, so, yeah, if King of Swing gets a good draw and gets the front in the Victoria Cup and he's in good form, and we don't know how good a form he's in because he hasn't raced since Queensland. Uh, so, yeah, if he led up at Bendigo, he probably wins the Victoria Cup again. Interesting comments. Thanks for your time, Pete.
Okay, good luck, Steve. Peter Gleeson. Six uh, down the back straight, and the beast. He opened up, ride high, dashed away around the turn, got Ted in front. Sir Letty can now offer no more resistance. He's soldiering on to try and hang on for second. In third place was Courageous Saint, but look at him go, ride high, on his winning way, nine in a row. He smashed the clock again. Look out track record. They're ticking over the clock. Ride high, smashes them. He's a jerk. Yeah, he certainly did. That was Lachlan, Lachlan McIntosh calling that race as well and I think he's one of the, the best harness callers uh, in this country he's right up there with the best and of course Chris Barsby is up there with the best as well but I think personally Brittany Graham is joining us I think he's a brilliant young caller uh, Rick's brother uh, Lachlan McIntosh he knows his stuff doesn't he yeah good absolutely good morning to you Steve no we're very very blessed I think in harness racing to have super callers here there and everywhere but I might be a bit biased I think Chris is the best yeah, he doesn't miss a trick does he uh, Chris getting through them and making races very exciting um, Kilmore Cup tomorrow night a horse we've spoken about plenty of times one of the two features in Brisbane during the carnival amazing dream likely to start favorite triple eights in the market as well how do you see the Kilmore Cup the group two race yeah it's an absolute cracker this year's edition actually they go over the 2600 obviously mobile conditions these days but I think it's brought together a great field amazing dream. She loves these conditions. She loves the staying trip. She's first up since the Blacks of Fate, but she trialled really well a few weeks ago. Nathan Purden and Anthony Butt combining. And then this horse that everybody's talking about in general, Dodge, of course, is only lightly raced, but he's got a super overall record. He was second in the Caduceus Classic a few weeks ago behind Triple Eight, and he was first up, and he's come up with the good draw. So I think they're currently equal favourites or close enough to it. Um, Amazing Dream has been the better backed of the duo, but she obviously has to overcome the second row draw and then triple eight well he blew everyone out of the water in that caduceus classic and he'll go around it juicy odds again so no it's a great race so it will go the kilmore cup this weekend uh, the smoking up sprint next at bendigo and then we flow straight into the victoria cup so it's really heating mm. up now yeah peter gleason just talked about the victoria cup uh, with king of swing who trialed yesterday what was your assessment of that he was unbelievable. They broke 150. I don't know if we've ever seen a trial break 150 at Menangle. It would be on a very rare occasion. He went 149 and 9 and he did it absolutely jogging. So it's ominous signs, I think, for what's to come. He will race next Saturday night at Menangle and then he'll go straight uh, a week later to the Victoria Cup. And it will be a fleeting visit. I, I dare say he'll probably travel down on Friday. He'll race on Saturday and be back home at Cobbety uh, by Sunday. So David Moran's been confirmed. To, to take the drive on King of Swing, which is a little bit funny when you think about last year, David Moran was aboard Lock and Varat to beat King of Swing, so he's definitely swapping teams this year, but um, he's doing a, a great job of late. David, despite not having the stable star around, he's still getting plenty of opportunities, but King of Swing looks so strong yesterday. Uh, certainly with another run under his belt, you would expect, you know regular improvement to that and I think he's still around 220 in the Victoria Cup I think if he draws a front line he'll he'll start very very short indeed at this stage mm, Nothing played out for him as we know Brittany uh, during the, the Queensland Carnival just looking at his record at the moment he 72 starts is that right for 36 wins or thereabouts a king of swing Yep, yep at the moment by right. Rock and Roll Hanover yeah, that's King of Swing. I'll tell you, there's a pacer I want to keep following. Um, if you see the name, if you let me know when it's going around again. A two-year-old trotter that I'm just taken with that won brilliantly last week called Plymouth Chubb. Did you happen to see that at all? Yeah, he Very is, impressive. He is a very, very nice square gator. Of course, he was a feature race winner earlier this season and then he was tipped out, not necessarily for a spell, but he was just able to have a little bit of downtime and then he'll be revving up now for races like the Breeders' Crown in October, also the Redwoods around that time as well 
and then the uh, Vic Bread Super Series also. So Peter and Karen Manning, of course, they've always had a really nice juvenile in their team and it's great to see Pete with another really good horse as well. So they do a super job with their young horses and uh, he looks to have a, a really bright future as well. Plymouth Chubb and he's a lovely style of horse as well. For a two-year-old, he just looks enormous. Obviously, haven't been able to see him in the flesh, but he just looks built for, for speed and um, no, he looks really, really exciting. So it was mm. great to see him back yeah, as one well. one of those runs last prep, I think it was three runs ago, did everything wrong, gallop to gallop, and you thought, well, that's the end of, you know, tear your ticket up, so to speak, but the horse still won. That's Plymouth Chubb. Um, I'll get your thoughts on Colt 31 in a moment on Saturday night to see if he can bounce back into the winner's circle. Leap to Fame's a horse we've spoken about plenty of times. Obviously, one of the most promising and up-and-coming horses in the Sunshine State. Do you know when we're going to see Leap to Fame again, Brittany, at this stage for Grant Dixon? Yeah, well, he's just racing into everybody's contention. I think for any big race that's upcoming, Leap to Fame, and he'll actually go around on Saturday night in what'll oh, be the last running, race. Yes, yeah. so there's a $20,000 two-year-old race on Saturday night. Only the six starters, uh, but he and his stablemate, Tim's a trooper. They'll be probably the two main runners at the top of betting, although Teddy Disco will go around in that race as well. Of course, he's already a Group 1 winner this year, taking out the Redcliffe Yearling Sales event. So only six runners, but high on quality Chris spoke to Sean Grimsey a few weeks ago and Teddy Disco won't be heading to the New South Wales Breeders' Challenge. I don't think there's any complete confirmation that Leap to Fame and Tim's a Trooper are either, but they are both New South Wales Breeders' Challenge eligible. So that race, the final, will come up on October 30th at Menangle, but the heats are not far away. So if Leap to Fame and Tim's a Trooper are to make their way south for that series, you would expect that they'll have to be making their way south fairly shortly. There's a great two-year-old Breeders' Challenge heat tonight at Penrith. Uh, That unbeaten horse, my ultimate Byron, who's created a big impression. He's a scratching, but there's also some really top-line two-year-old small tees and a few of the other my ultimate horses are going around there as well. And there's also uh, a heat for the two-year-old fillies as well, where Madrid is a short price favourite. So that series is really heating up. And I was actually speaking on Sky Sports Radio this morning about that series and the fact that with regional racing this year, basically a lot of the best two-year-olds are actually forced to meet earlier on in the series, whereas prior they sort of dodged and weaved each other until they got to the final. Those two heats tonight at Penrith, they nearly could be the final in a few weeks to come. So uh, it will be interesting to see if Leap to Fame goes down there. It's a Group 1 race, a six-figure prize purse, so it would be hard to avoid, but with all of the restrictions in place, they would have to go without Grant Dixon. So that's, I guess, a decision mm. that they'll have to make. Brittany, I'm not sure who's responsible for the programming. I'm not I'm not having a free kick, but it just seems to me like this is one of the races of the night there on Saturday night, Leap to Fame, and you mentioned Teddy Disco and Leap to Fame's stablemate, Tim's a but it's on at quarter to 11 at night. Um, maybe in future that's something they can look at to see, you know, some of these headline horses, if they could be going around a bit earlier in the night. Yeah, absolutely. I certainly agree with that. The only reasoning I can see given for that is the fact that it's a small field and probably there'll be a short price favourite and leap to fame and it mightn't be the highest turnover race of the night. But, yes, it will be hard to, to keep everybody interested until that point in time, particularly when the open class race is in the first. And I've actually just seen Colt 31s are scratching out of that first oh, race okay. on Saturday night. So that's only come through. Uh, today, so hopefully all is A-OK with him. He was drawn poorly, but yeah, as you said, we've got that race as the last and the open class race for the, I guess, the highest assessed horses early on. It's a long time to keep people interested, isn't it? When was the last time we had a two-horse race at Albion Park? Yeah, well... 
I'm not sure. Mm, it, it got would, one of those tomorrow it, night. Yeah, it would have to be due to... It would have had to be, I would say, due to scratchings that it would be. We very rarely see that. But with it being that triad for the two-year-olds, it has to be run, of course, because there's good money on offer for those two-year-old square gators. But it will be a non-tab. So um, that'll be run as a non-tab at the back end of the meeting. And again, with that... It's probably a little bit um, caused a bit of conjecture as to why it's not run before the first because now we're seeing a race with two horses uh, for people having to stick around again till really late at night. I think the last tomorrow night is it? yeah. Um, in fact, it's been changed. It's been changed. Yeah. So, it was so you've got the power, yeah. 10 past 6. <laughs> so it was to be run after the last. Um, I think it was at 10 to 11 or something, but mm. they've obviously changed it. So, no, that's good for no, those you've got the power two involved. 10 past 6 now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great I've news. I've just noticed that myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so the race number 9 will be run as a tab, but um, race number 10, so to speak, it will actually be run before the first at 6, yeah. 10 as a non-tab. Just with these last races, just being a participant involved in your dad for many, many years in the industry, what time is some of these participants getting home, say, at Albion Park on a Saturday night when the last race is, that time we mentioned about half past 10, quarter to 11 by the time they float them home, you know, and, and so on. Um, give the horses a drink, whatever they do when they get home, put them to bed, so to speak. What time do you think they actually get to bed? A lot of the majority of participants in, in the industry on a Saturday night, for example. Yeah, well, pro people probably are in general, whether they go north, west, south, are probably within an hour and a half of Albion Park. That's probably the general rule. So by the time you leave, say, 10.30, you wouldn't be out of Albion Park before 11 o'clock by the time that you organise yourself. And for those that win, they have to be swabbed and the like. So probably not before midnight, 12.30, are they, they're getting home and then by the time you put them to bed and feed up and make feeds and all the like, and then you yourself have something to eat. And I know myself, I certainly can't switch mm. off as soon well, as I get home. It's hard to wind down, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. definitely. So... Um, yeah, and, you know, with harness racing, uh, most of the time uh, the trainers and the, and the staff are still required on Sunday morning. So, um, yeah, no, it is, it is a tricky one, isn't it? And we've probably seen it fluctuate a little bit over the last few weeks. We were seeing Albion Park get underway, you know, sort of quarter past five, 5.30, but with the spring carnival and the thoroughbreds probably pushing back a little bit in terms of their times, we're not seeing the first till 6.40 on Saturday night, which mm. is actually really late. Generally, it's around that 6.00. 5.45 mark. So I guess when you start later, you finish later as well, don't mm. you? And just with a stable like Grant Dixon, I'm not sure his numbers, what would they be approximately, do you think, Brittany, at this stage? Um, yeah. Because I'm just wondering how long would it take him to work his horses or exercise them in the morning, uh, so to speak? We yeah, I know that it's a massive operation and a lot of staff involved. Um, I couldn't tell you the exact numbers, but I've heard at times it's sort of pushed that 100 mark. So wow. It's, um, and how long does it take to gear a horse up to do track work in the morning, so to speak? And also on race night as well, conversely. Yeah. How long does that normally take? Everybody's a little bit different and some trainers utilise joggers so, you know, they can sort of work eight at a time on the jogging machine. But I would say it would take you, if you were to, to get a horse ready at the races, 10 to 15 minutes by the time you fully geared them up and, you know, boots, hobble, saddle, bridle and all the other gear that goes along with it. So it's certainly not a not a quick process, that's mm. for sure. Yeah, I'd imagine I'd take about an hour and a half to do it, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you got any other news for us this morning on mobile rolling? Yeah, well, probably not Not aside from, from that news at Colt 31, Scratch tomorrow night and King of Swing as well. But I definitely would. There's racing today at Redcliffe. The first actually isn't that far away. But those Breeders' Challenge heats will take place at Tamworth this afternoon and also Penrith tonight, and they are really, really good races. And then the open-class race at Menangle on Saturday night. Ignatius has sort of been racing yeah, out in the region. Yeah, terrific the other day, beaten, but, oh, should have won. Yeah, and then he raced actually on Monday as oh, well, and he was How able to win well at Goulburn. So mm. he's on the relatively 
really quick backup. He'll be the favourite uh, in the free-for-all at Menangle on Saturday night. And then there's a possibility that he could head uh, south for the Victoria Cup as well. So he'll obviously have to go without James Rattray. And I don't believe James actually can go to the races on Saturday night with Ignatius either due to the fact that he's outside of that Campbelltown region and John McCarthy will take the reins. So that will be a race probably indicative of who heads south um, from that field in terms of the Victoria Cup. But it was great to see Magnificent Storm win last week. Mm, and they now, did a tough way and still was too good yeah. after a narrow defeat the run previous. It was quite remarkable that he opened up at about 2.10, I think, tab fixed, and then he was heavily tried late. But we won't see him again for a little while. He's gone for a break. But, uh, no, in terms of, I guess, the focus states at the moment, Victoria has a real eye on it at the present time, and then New South Wales will have the Breeders' Challenge and then the Inter-Dominion as well. And I think the Inter-Dominion nominations close uh, either later this week, maybe tomorrow or early next week. So we'll keep a close eye on who will be nominated for the Inter-Dominion. It doesn't cost anything to nominate, so I guess we can't get a a really good line on who will be heading there because most people will just throw a nomination in. But um, hopefully we can see some travel for horses because it would be a pity if people, you know, can't get their horses to an Inter-Dominion. It would probably take away from who will actually Mm. head there. Brittany, we might see a new harness track in Queensland. I know it's been talked about a lot in the next couple of years. Um, where do you think would be the perfect location to have a new harness track in southeast Queensland? There was talk about one being halfway between Brisbane and the Gold Coast. I think Yatla was a, a site that was mentioned. Where would you like to see a new harness track? Perfect location for most participants to get to. Yeah, that probably probably is perfect for many. You need to be somewhere on a, a main highway to get to it for everybody because we are... Um, with there being no training centre, everybody comes from sort of all over the place. Out west and that um, out towards Ipswich and Marburg region, there is a really big harness contingency okay. out there. Um, you know, the names McMullen and Dawson, all of those families are sort of involved in about a probably a 10 to 15 minute um, region of each other. But with saying that as well, that's a long way from those that are based out on the north side and the Red Cliffs and also down towards... Gold Coast and Tweed. So I think it certainly needs to be on a main motorway somewhere for ease of access. Um, And we know that we're sort of not going to get anywhere in close to town if it's not Albion Park. So probably that that seems like the logical place um, and that's been where the most chatter has been around. So mm. I guess maybe but where there's smoke, there's fire. stabling on course is crucial, isn't it? Absolutely, yep, 100%. That's one thing that we do, that we don't have here in Queensland that everybody else has. So, and I think we would see a massive influx of trainers to Queensland if that be the case because it's so hard to find land and facilities here. Um, there's been chatter about several high, you know, high-profile trainers wanting to move to Queensland, um, particularly with, you know, we're we're going places at the moment. I think particularly with that Cubro bonus and the Winter Carnival was a big indicator of that. But it's just a case of that there's nowhere for them to go. Mm. So how can they come here? And just with yourself and your driving at the moment, obviously you like to keep your eye in, so to speak. So how do you work? That you take one or two drives a week or every couple of weeks? Yeah, I still love the driving and I'm still hands-on uh, in the stable most mornings. Um, I'm pretty lucky. Dad always gives me a drive if I'm available to do it. I, I had one on Tuesday there at Albion Park, and I just it just has to, I guess, work around work commitments as well. So um, Saturday nights are off the table, so to speak. Okay. But um, if I can sort of have a steer every now and then, I, I do really enjoy it. Thought so, you might have driven Maggie today. I was down to drive her, but uh, I had to. I had to come in here to work. But that's okay. okay. I drove so her last Angus week. Angus Garrard's taken I'll the get, drive. I got her ready for young Angus. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> will she be highly competitive here, Redcliffe today? Race seven, Maggie, number one. Yeah, I think so. She was a uh, good first. Uh, she was good first up, and she's second up. So I think she'll derive plenty of benefit. And one around Redcliffe is a big help. 
felt, particularly they've actually resurfaced that track and it was a little bit Have heavy they? probably for the first week, okay. but um, hopefully it's settled down. All right. Is now. it playing fairly with that being the case or is it advantage to be on speed or coming from back? Or? I don't think there's probably been an advantage to one pattern, but I just think probably the time suggests that it's a little bit harder, so maybe it's a bit more of a survival of the fittest at the moment. If you can find the horse that's been racing consistently, they might be have that, have that little advantage from that perspective. I've put a 1,000 questions to you this morning. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Thanks, Steve. Brittany Graham on Mobile Rolling.